and are live. Once we again. are live. Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Uh, if you're new here, first of all, hit that subscribe button and smash the like button as well. And if you're watching with us live, leave a go EOS in the live chat so that we know you're here with us live. I see we've got a lot of people already waiting in the lobby, which is it, awesome. It, it, it's the Vig army, man. I, I get elected to Vig custodian. So. I, I, I bring the people here and then I will grow this community. We'll get into that later, though. Let's continue with the intro. <laughs> That's awesome. So before we get started, I do need to mention that nothing Zach or I say should ever be construed as legal, financial, tax, professional, or any other kind of advice. Uh, you shouldn't listen to people online with what to do with your money or you will definitely get wrecked. And as a final note, it's safe to assume that any tokens we mention on the show are tokens that we hold for disclosure purposes. So, uh, and, and one last thing also, I apologize for my congestion. I'm probably going to be blowing my nose, but I will mute myself. Uh, it's just one of those days. You don't have to apologize, Rob. We all know what the network's doing. The network is also congested, and the network <laughs> got you sick. <laughs> You're probably right. That's a good point. So, right. uh, what do we have going on this week? Uh, let's let's just kick it off with the in-house stuff first. Uh, we got some new EOS name service names. Once again, you've been rolling them out. You have you just been buying them? Like every, every you basically are the only team buying the auctions right now. Or are you still competing with other people? Now we're still competing with other people and uh, we had a really good partner sign on that brought us over a bunch of names, basically buying the names from the name bidding just to list them on our site. So we listed a ton of new names on ES name service, uh, .jobs, .base, um, .trade, .dsp if you're you know working on the DAP network or you want to squat some names for the future. Um, and then we have some some new names coming this upcoming week as well. So eosnameservice.io, check them out. Uh, pretty cool names I think that you can get right now. Now, the next piece of in-house news, I'm very excited about this because we have been talking about it. We tried to promise it uh, by the end of October, but you'll get it on November 2nd. Uh, we got the EOS IO developer series is coming back. Uh, the new courses, they will be uploaded to this YouTube channel. The very first one is the one that's up on your screen. I know you can't hear it, but we got Peter K coming back. The very first, we're going to release the new series in modules. And the very first module is, module is intro to wallets and scatter integration. And then we're going to be released. This is about a 25 minute module. And then we're going to be releasing a new module, at least one per week. Some weeks we're going to be releasing two. Uh, we, what other ones we got lined up, Rob? We got Scatter, we have receiving and sending EOS from a contract. We have a, one that teaches you about Cleos, the command line version, the Zeus SDK from the DAP network, more videos about the DAP network and VRAM using their Liquid Oracle service, Liquid Accounts, Liquid Scheduler, IPFS Inc. Uh, talking with ID about getting their free account system on board, which actually uses Liquid Accounts from the DAP network. We have modules on security, modules on test-driven development, a new exciting integrated development environment, and the transit API and so much more. So this is gonna be an incredible course, all free, all modules coming to you all soon. Uh, it should be a good one. I'm really looking forward to seeing how many people sign up for this considering we had hundreds of developers onboarded with our first course. Well, that, that, that's actually uh, the thing is, we don't actually have a sign up method right now. They're all just gonna be on YouTube because yeah. Udemy screwed us over a little bit. Uh, for those who took <laughs> the first ESIO developer courses, we use the Udemy platform, which is great for like education, uh, but it's typically made for courses that you sell. And as you guys know, we give ours away for free. So at first we were just, we had to renew a coupon that expired every 30 days. Then we would just update it in our email lists. Uh, so you'd sign up and we'd send you your code, but now they're limiting the coupon codes to like three day coupons and only like, you can only do like five per month or something stupid. So since we can't give the courses away for free on Udemy, we're looking for a new home that will let us give it away for free while allowing like, uh, 
like a nice instructor platform because it does have some advantages, but these modules are made to be video only. So you'll be fine just watching them on YouTube. The very first one scatter coming out tomorrow. And uh, Rob mentioned all the other ones coming out. And if I had to guess, I would think that the DAP network courses are going to be the very first ones coming out. And just a reminder, that's going to be IPFS front ends. That's going to be liquid link. That's going to be liquid oracles, liquid accounts, VRAM. Uh, and the reason is, we have the hackathon coming up. Uh, yeah. It's my hackathon. I'll let you introduce it because I got to get the graphics up on the screen. That's all right. I'm super excited about this as well. Even though I'm not a part of the team, I am a big believer in the DAP network and obviously hold DAP tokens. Um, but coming up on November 17th to 24th is a global virtual hackathon from the Liquid Apps team for the DAP network. And uh, it, it's pretty crazy. You could, you could win this prize from your couch. You don't have to be in Israel and Tel Aviv. Uh, you can do this from anywhere in the world as long as you register ahead of time. And it looks like you guys are giving away, what is it, $50,000 in prizes to the $50, winner? $50,000 in prizes, Ooh. yes. And, and is, uh, is that in DAP tokens or is that in cash? Like what's the, the it, prize? It is. There might be some DAP tokens. Uh, I don't think we've put anything official out yet, but it, it'll mostly not be DAP tokens. I, I will nice. say that. Uh, it'll, wow, it'll, that's it'll, amazing. It'll be, uh, I don't, I don't want to say anything official, but it'll be not all dap tokens so just it could be eos it could be stable coins cash i'm I'm not sure we got that's all going through like legal because it's like you're transferring money and it, right. it's it's going to be thousands of dollars so like you got to deal with like taxes there's probably a bunch of stuff that uh, our legal team's working on so i don't yeah. want to get it but it's not all dap tokens I, I think that's something important to state is you're not just doing this for uh, uh all dap tokens you're doing this for like this is I don't know. I'd be happy with DAP tokens personally, but uh, <laughs> the big selling point for me is too, yeah. from the couch. There's so many cities that the EOS hackathon, everyone loved the EOS hackathons last year. Rob and I was at the San Fran hackathon. He was a mentor. I was a competitor. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can develop code, but I actually didn't develop. I, I was uh, working on the pitches with, with our teammate, Evan. I, I came up with our idea for our project. So like, uh, if you're looking at this hackathon and you're not a developer, and you don't have even if you don't have a team like sign up anyway we're we're doing our absolute best to to form teams right now so if you're a non-developer we have developers who may have signed up that also don't have a team we're trying to link everyone together but if you are a developer uh, 100 sign up it, it's the easiest way to push eos io to limits oh, uh, any developer watching this is an e that's an eos io developer you're very familiar with eos io uh, DAP network is just an extension of all of the tools on eos io uh, like for example just to swap in vram is not difficult and all of a sudden your project goes from an eosio project to a dap network project so almost anything you could build on eosio not even almost everything anything you build on eosio you could you could modify it slightly to make it a dap network project make it cheaper and more scalable and this is just such a great opportunity for people to get their, their hands dirty. And I, I just Absolutely. can't emphasize enough because we, we're up only 50 signups. I'm thinking people are just like waiting till last minute. But I, I want to see these numbers moon, guys. So if you're even uh, half considering this, just please sign up. Uh, we want to get uh, an idea of how many teams there will be because we have to prepare on our end also. Uh, I think I teased last week that I'll be in Tel Aviv. We're doing an on-site hackathon there which nice. is going to be super cool. We're going to have some great mentors there. Uh, that, that's the other thing about the hackathon is just having Tommy Scala as like a personal mentor. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the craziest part about this whole thing to me is that you don't have to be there in person. You can be anywhere in the world. And with that first place prize being $25,000, you could have a week or less worth of work and make 25 grand just for sitting on your couch and building a cool dApp. So 
uh, I think it's pretty incredible. I'm excited to see what comes out of this hackathon. I know we had tons of cool projects come out of the EOS hackathon, so I'm excited to see what people build with this one. Well, the the other uh, cool thing is like there's so many projects that have just been like kind of like watch and dap network, but like not yet integrating it, maybe waiting for something to happen. Uh, I obviously can't give out the, the theme or challenge of the hackathon yet, but I think it's, it's going to be broad enough that most projects will fit within the criteria or at least most interesting things. I can give that hint. But um, even if not, like if you build your project in a modular way, you could probably use it for your project, even if it's completely unrelated. Like if you're building like a game or something and you use liquid accounts to create a free account system, you can make it modular in a way that you could just port it over to whatever your actual DAP is if it's unrelated to your hackathon project. Like, like if you had like a, a project team, like a, like a word proof or someone. Uh, yeah, interesting. That's uh, awesome. And last, I, I do want to stress uh, one more time that even if you're not a developer, highly recommend you sign up. There were a ton of designers at the EOS hackathons that we were at in, in San Francisco and other cities. Um, a ton of just entrepreneur people who were sort of focused on the business aspect of the idea that was being built. So even if you're not a developer, head on over to dapnetwork.hackerearth.com. And I'll post a link in the live stream chat right now. But uh, I highly recommend it. It should be awesome. And it, I, I just put it up on the screen. I forgot all about this. I, Ivan on tech recommended it too. It seems like we've built a pretty good relationship with Ivan since meeting yeah. him in Korea. Uh, we're we're going to be doing some stuff with him and everything EOS in the future. Uh, he's obviously helping promote the developer onboarding for DAP Network and EOS. So big, big things from Ivan on tech too. But if you want to register for the hackathon, here's your last call to action. DAPnetwork.hackerearth.com. Uh, the link will be in the description as soon as we hop off this live stream. But uh, definitely sign up. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of my congestion today, we talked about the network congestion. Uh, what's going on with CPU on EOS right now, Zach? Can you give us some insight? Well, I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I, I think uh, Aaron Cox, also known as Jesta from Gray Mass, he gave a pretty good explanation of, of, of description of what the problem is. I have it up on the screen here. I'll just read it for the people listening on iTunes after, after this live stream. Uh, Aaron says, today's EOS congestion is an interesting scenario, one in which users are incentivized to use and burn their own resources in exchange for a portion of new token distribution. This forces the network into a congestion mode in which the leeway of users has become... I'm not even going to read this. I'm just going to tell you what it is. So there, there's this token that was uh, launched on November 1st. That was yesterday. It's called E-I-D-O-S. And according to their official site, that stands for Edamuvo is dead, comma, oh shit. But what every everyone in all of the Telegram channels has been saying is it stands for everyone is denied of service. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to pull up something on the screen here that is on their website. But they're basically, you want to explain that 15 month like crowd, like token distribution they're doing? Yeah, so in some way you have to uh, effectively send EOS to an address and it'll instantly send you back the EOS along with 0.01% of all the EIDOS tokens that it holds. So it, it's a pretty interesting um, uh, sort of scenario that incentivize people, incentivizes people to actually use the network as much as possible and uh, basically clog it up. So a ton of people that are trying to mine these tokens right now are sending EOS to a contract address so that it can send them back along with those IDOS tokens. So it's this really interesting incentive yeah. model. It, it, it sort of begs the question, who set this up? It, yeah, it, it, so there's some backstory to this. So, so Robert did a pretty good explanation. So basically you send dust of, you could send any amount of EOS and then they just send it back. And it, it sounds scammy. Like when I told people about it, they're like, that sounds like a sounds scam. Sounds incredibly but, scammy. We're working in a trustless environment. It's a smart contract. So you know it's always going to send your EOS back. So that's, 
that's something cool about just this technology is you, even though it sounds like a scam, it's really not. I mean, I don't know what these tokens are good for. That's the big unknown here is like, what is the utility of this token and why do people want it? Uh, but the token's very interesting because it just launched yesterday and it already got BitHum support, which tells me that this team is connected to like the, the Korean Asian community somehow because it's abnormal for a major exchange to list a token like right off the bat, especially an exchange that hasn't even listed a single, as far as I know, EOS token, maybe Everpedia, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I don't know what, unless I know more about what this token does, like I, I'm not a fan of the token, but what it's doing to the network is quite interesting because everyone's calling it spam. Basically, everyone is using their excess CPU to send these just what we call junk transactions because they're mining tokens. They're getting, they're earning EIDOS tokens every time they do these transactions. So if you look at, uh, I'll pull up the blocks, I'll pull up the EOS or the Blocks.io block explorer real quick. You want to cover me for a second uh, and explain? Yeah, absolutely. But ultimately what's going on here, which is, is kind of crazy, is that this along with other normal transaction volume on the network is causing huge price spikes on both Rex and the amount of CPU that each account has. So you may have noticed trying to send a transaction, it wasn't able to go through because you ran out of CPU and the Rex prices have spiked as well. So renting CPU is actually now way more expensive than it was uh, just a few days ago. So I, I want to get to that uh, because the reason for that price spike yesterday was because nobody was prepared for it. So like people had like enough resources for like what they needed with the thousand X multiplier. Now, thank goodness for Dexaran for getting everyone like off their asses recently with his like spot congestion testing. But this doesn't seem like this congestion is going to stop. Uh, it might slow down a little bit, but... Uh, these token holders who are sending their EOS dust and mining these tokens, like it, we might consider it spam because we think they're wasteful transactions and we think this is a shitcoin that they're mining. But to these people, they obviously think these transactions are important and they think mining this token is very important and they're willing to pay more for their transactions than we are for our transactions. So like, isn't that what we wanted the, the EOS network to do in the first place was to be used? And, and with the Rex is paying dividend, like the people staking to Rex are earning dividends off of it again. Uh, but the price yesterday was just insane because everyone was race. It was like a race to the door. Yeah. Everyone was trying to, there was a very scarce supply and everyone was trying to get that scarce supply at the same time. But a Rex rental contract is 30 days. So there's people who have rented Rex in the last 29 days that were probably fine once this congestion hit. And moving forward, since most people went oh shit and rented a bunch of wrecks yesterday moving forward for the next like over the next couple days or couple weeks the prices should level out and I, I think we'll see a new normal which is going to be more expensive than it was but it should just be like your EO like the 1000x multiplier should just kind of be gone is the way yeah. I think it will happen yeah, and one good uh, piece of news, one amazing tool that it actually saved me a couple times on a few of my accounts is uh, Blocks.io actually gives you five free transactions per day through their website. So BLOKS.io, if you're out of CPU, you need to rent more from Rex or you need to stake more of the EOS that you already have. Blocks.io is a great place to do it because the first five transactions you send per account per day will be paid for by them. So a really uh, unique use of that EOSIO 1.8 feature that lets dApps pay for transactions on behalf of users. So uh, great to see Block sort of getting people out of a hole that they were in when they didn't run enough CPU. 
I just before we move on, I want to uh, bring up uh, this Kevin Rose tweet that he shared in our channel. It, that's kind of where I got the idea of like what is spam and what's not spam. And yeah. Kevin says, "Spam or not, spam is irrelevant. Spam, spam or not, spam is irrelevant. Imagine that it's the same number of transactions as we see now, but every single one of them contained the life or death medical information, healthcare patients. Imagine if they're legit transactions. Like we want this to be a globally scalable blockchain that's actually used." But but for for DApps and actual transactions, if, if we want to hit the big time, like if Voice launched today, and, and and like over the next couple of months, if they onboarded users like we hope they will, like would EOS be able to handle it? And I I think this is showing that we'd probably be in a little bit of a pickle. Although Block yeah. One does have ninety six ninety five million uh, EOS tokens still. Yeah, I mean, I think this really shows the importance that still, I mean, that they could stake. <laughs> right, absolutely. And I think this really shows the importance of layer two sort of middleware networks like the DAP network that, you know, the DAP network isn't its own standalone network. It is actually a complement to EOS, a complement to Ethereum, and soon hopefully other blockchains as well. Um, but especially with their recent release of vCPU for EOS, uh, developers oh, yeah. can get around a lot of these CPU issues just by using vCPU, by using VRAM, and still keep everything on chain at the end of the day. So you're really not losing security or decentralization. Um, you're just increasing uh, the, or rather decreasing the amount of resources your application needs to use. So highly recommend if you're a developer out there, you're dealing with issues like this, maybe you don't want to pay for all um, of your users' transactions, VCU, vCPU and VRAM from the DAP network are a great way to go. Yeah, I don't think vCPU could have been released at any better time. Uh, Seriously. We, we could have never planned for this. Uh, I'm trying to, I, I know Liquid Apps, we've only released like one blog article about it and, and one GitHub repo with not a whole lot more information. Uh, just so everyone knows, I've been trying uh, to get Tal Muscal back on the podcast to just explain what vCPU <laughs> is, how he put an AI on the blockchain. <laughs> Mm -hmm. how he built a chess engine on the blockchain, how he did it with all like open source tools that already exist. Like there's C++ libraries that are just built for regular software applications. And he imported that and put it into a smart contract because there was no resource limitations, like none. And he was able to do it with parallel processing. He's going to explain this to me and to everyone else. Uh, I actually, ha we rescheduled for tomorrow morning. So I will try to get this posted to everyone on Monday. Uh, we'll nice. talk about the hackathon, but I really just want Tao to explain vCPU because it's so relevant uh, with this congestion. And this could be the tool that, that allows dApps to continue to be scalable with very, very low resources cost while still continuing to build on the main net. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people in the chat are asking about Dexran, who is not behind these most recent uh, CPU stress tests with IDOS and that token mining that's going on there, but was sort of the initial catalyst for all of this, where he kicked it off. He was spamming the network with only two EOS in Rex and sort of bringing it to a halt as well. And uh, a lot of people are asking, does he have good intentions? Does he not? And I really think he does, um, based on this EOS Go blog post, where he actually talks about the advantages that EOS has over Ethereum. And it, it looked like he was developing on Ethereum for years, before he found EOS, and now that he's moved to EOS, he's sort of testing it out and trying to improve the network overall by doing these stress tests. So I think he has good intentions. Um, do you want to read off some of the advantages that he says EOS has over Ethereum? Uh, yeah, so what I what I learned, I, I guess, in the past couple of days, because I never really dug into Dexran, is that he's like a former, he might still be an Ethereum developer, but he's just a developer in general, which is pretty obvious for being like the white hack stress tester that he is. But he it, uh, he seems to be very experienced in Ethereum. And uh, after learning more about EOS, he, he pointed out some very uh, big flaws on Ethereum that aren't 
problems on EOS. And I'll just read the bullet points are the communication model, a secure ecosystem, no more lost tokens and burned funds. Two, on-chain address assignment and recording, no more cross-chain collisions and sending into non-existing addresses, which is a huge issue on Ethereum. You don't get your tokens refunded if you send them to just some uh, bad address, uh, fat finger to key. And then upgradable contracts, which this is something some people don't like, but it, it has a ton of value. And there are ways that you can make your contract upgradable while still being decentralized by having it being controlled by block producers, by trusted third parties, or possibly even by a DAC. So you get that upgradability like built, built in as, as a feature. Uh, I'm not gonna really go into uh, the details of all of these reasonings because it's just very technical to me. Uh, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on that, but check that out if you're interested in like learning more about Dexran. So if there, I didn't, I didn't see in the chat, but if there's people questioning if he's like uh, doing this with good intentions, I, I think it's pretty apparent that he's pro EOS based on this article. And I, I highly recommend anyone check that out who uh, is interested in that. Definitely. And uh, speaking of pro EOS events, this is not specifically or explicitly an EOS event, but Blocksburg, which is taking place in Blacksburg, Virginia, uh, coming up here on November 10th and oh, 12th, yeah. where it's 10 days, or actually, we're, we're eight days away. I believe this is next Monday. Um, Bo, Zach, and I will be there. We just got our tickets, so we will see you all at Bloxburg. We'll see Dan speak. We'll see Hester Pierce, one of the commissioners of the SEC, speak, and so many other people from the blockchain. I'm so excited. I've never been to Blocksburg. Yeah. Or Blacksburg. Have you? Uh, you said yeah. your dad's an alumni there. Have you ever been to Virginia Tech? Yeah, I've been there a couple times growing up. I went to, to football games with my dad up there. Um, it, it's a pretty amazing place. You know, you, you on one hand have these high-tech companies like Block One building there, but at the same time, you're also kind of in the mountains and in nature. So it, it's a very cool setting, and uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. It, it should be a good couple days. It, it's funny because one, once we start talking about it on the show, and told everyone how the tickets are only $150 now, uh, and the registration ends November 4th, everybody. Uh, the, uh, people wanted to come, and they're, they they come to found that there's no airports that go to Blacksburg. You have to land yeah. in D.C. and drive like three hours or four, or whatever it is. So this is like, it's just like having to plan these itineraries. Like I couldn't, fl- I'm only a five or, and a half hour drive, so I'm just driving. Yeah. Uh, but for a lot of people, like if you live on the West Coast, like it's such a pain in the ass to get to Blacksburg. So this just makes me more bullish on the fact that they they saw this in, in, in advance and they opened up this D.C. office specifically to address the fact that it has direct flights to DC from everywhere in the world. And uh, it's like a tech hub and they could have talent that doesn't want to work in, in the mountains of, of Virginia. But I'm super pumped to, to, to see everyone speak uh, and meet the, uh, I, I can't think of his damn name, Lee Schneider. He's the man. Lee oh, Schneider yeah. is, I'm more <laughs> bullish on Lee Schneider than Dan or Brendan Bloomer, man. He, he is the man. I, ho- yeah, I hope he sees this and get the messages. I want to shake that man's hand. Yeah, he's uh, the legal counsel that helped Block One uh, settle with the SEC. So that's why he's uh, the man around town these days. But yeah, I'm pumped. I hope to see other people there. Please DM me or come into the Everything EOS Telegram channel and let us know if you're going to be there. We would love to link up, uh, whether at the event or outside of the event. If you're a Block One employee, reach out. I'd love to hang out with you guys. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're Dan, Brendan, or uh, UX UI guys that we met uh, B1 June. Um, or why don't we throw this out too, Rob? If any of you Block One people watching this, if you could hook us up and get a tour of the office, we'll, we'll be available uh, at any time. Ooh. That'd, that'd be fun. We don't even have to film it. Would I would awesome. love to film Absolutely. it. For, I would love to film it for a community here. But if, if they don't want us to film it, we won't film it. I just want to check it out. So uh, I'll reach out to a Definitely. few people, but that that's actually great. something I want to do. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time. Uh, we'll keep you all updated here on the channel, and we should have a live stream uh, next week before we end up heading to, to Blacksburg. So we'll keep you all updated with what's going on there. Um, I hear there are some updates with uh, Vigor, this new stablecoin. Stable did you get you got elected to the Ooh, custodian? Yeah. So this project, nice. we, we brought it up back in March. It's been yeah. a long time. So basically, MakerDAO on EOS, uh, a collateral-backed stablecoin project. Uh, similar in some ways to MakerDAO, similar in some ways to Equilibrium, which I'm big fans of both of them. But the most important aspect of this project, in my mind, at least for, as far as I'm concerned, it's being built in a completely decentralized way in a DAC format. So I, a, a lot of what you see on the outside, like you, you don't see like a great website. Like I, I, I initiated a working group to, to redeploy a, a visually appealing website to onboard new people into the DAC and in, onto the platform, which we'll be launching on the testnet in the next couple months. Um, but what it allows you to do is it allows you to get liquidity out of your tokens that you hold, like collateral backed tokens is like being able, if say you own a house instead of Bitcoin or EOS, you own this house. And you want to like purchase stuff by using like the collateral of your house. That that's what this project allows you to do. Is you could have your entire portfolio of altcoins and and, and EOS, whatever combination is. Uh, the altcoins have to be whitelisted by the DAC because like if it's an illi illiquid shitcoin, you're not going to be able to collateralize it. Right. And there, there's basically a risk modeling system built into this that basically looks at all of these different variables of all these tokens, the prices, the the liquidity depth, all, all this different stuff. And it creates like a risk score so that whenever you borrow money against your crypto assets, the it, the the like rates you would pay like the i guess the interest or the fees that you would pay for this loan go up based on the more risky that this loan is so like if you if you want like a lot of margin you're going to be paying a little bit higher interest a lot probably a lot higher interest because that's the default risk because if you get liquidated uh the the uh the the, the like the platform needs to like be able to re-collateralize the assets and make sure everything's solvent and liquid. There's an insurance pool. It's a super advanced product project. So the reason I wanted to bring it up today is one, because I'm elected as a custodian. I, I take that uh, very seriously. And because I want to point out some of the other custodians on board, because uh, from the outside, you, you see people talking about in the chats, you might look at the website, and not really know what's going on because uh, like vig.ai is just like a DAC portal, which is a great portal built by Yo's DAC, but it doesn't tell you a whole lot about the project or, or who's behind it. And I, I just want to point out that there's some of the top people in the space that are also custodians. So besides me on the custodial board, uh, there's Andrew Bryan. He's like the brains behind the operation. He was like one of the first employees at MakerDAO. Uh, he's a financial expert and ex-Harvard quant. Uh, so he's like the brains. There's Michael Yates, who's like the DAC. Like everyone knows Michael Yates from EOS DAC. Uh, Peter Chen from Moran, Moran and EOS Writer. He, he's basically Mr. Media of China. So we got the Chinese connection. We got the Korea. We got, I think, three custodians from Korea, all highly connected out there in the community. Uh, we got top, top developers. Uh, I'm not... Get, I, I only know their screen names. It's weird calling people out by their screen names if I don't know their <laughs> real names. But there's some just really good people on the project. Kenny from EOS Raider just got elected to the 21st position. Raleigh, nice. shout out to Raleigh from, uh, he, he's like the best EOS designer there is. So he's he's the designer for EOS Bet, uh, Project Phoenix, all kinds of other projects that like, if, if you see an EOS project with an amazing UI, it, it's probably been Raleigh. And he just got elected to the custodial board a, a few days after me. 
and he's already redesigned the logo. He's working on the website reboot. This is going to be awesome, guys. I just want you guys to, to check out the project. We want I really want you all to get involved in the DAC. It's the coolest thing, being able to not only be excited about a project, but be able to uh, have a direct impact on the project. Uh, and, and the tokens just started trading on uh, new decks. So if you're not interested in helping out on the project and you just want to uh, like maybe hold, hold some tokens, that's fine too. They'll be very valuable once the platform launches. They will be the fee token whenever I mention like the interest and fees and all that whenever you take out these crypto loans. Uh, the fees are all going to be paid in VIG tokens so you'll, and you'll be able to collateralize them, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so that's that. I think we'll have a dedicated VIG episode at some point. That's, nice. But the reason I don't want to talk more about it is because there is an excellent resource that came out on Wednesday, and that is EOS Radio. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, Zane, uh, Zane and Ash Oro, uh, they both have been doing the show for at least a year now. Uh, they had the Vigor team on there. Whenever I told you about how these guys on the DAC are super freaking legitimate, watch that episode. You're, you're going to meet like five of the guys on the DAC uh, and you'll be amazed like lawyers quants awesome. financial experts ex wall street traders uh every everyone's on board and obviously developers and mar marketers develop whatever uh <laughs> i'm rambling here rob we got to get to the no, next topic this is the most so it's hard to say what's the most exciting topic of this episode but this is a super freaking excited topic and i'll let you introduce it yeah, so it looks like uh, we got a pretty cool partnership announcement within the EOS ecosystem recently. Everipedia, which is the decentralized version of Wikipedia, um, recently announced a partnership with Brave, which is the third most popular browser in the world right now. So if you're not familiar, Brave also did their own token sale. Um, effectively, they're a better version of Chrome. And if you, you download Brave at brave.com, uh, you can actually one-click import all of your stuff from Chrome over to Brave because it also runs on Chromium. So it's a super easy transition process. It helps block trackers and ads and all kinds of stuff by default, uh, whereas Google is is actively trying to collect as much information on you as possible. But uh, what's the deal with this recent partnership? Um, it, it looks like there are a couple bullet points that they listed for what it will include. So it'll be ad placement for Everpedia in Brave ads and on the Bat community homepage. Um, Everpedia will be featured within the Brave community, including relevant information in all of their different uh, sort of announcements, and uh, the Everpedia staff will be in an upcoming Brave community AMA. Uh, there will be articles on them uh, on the homepage, and Brave and Everpedia are working to integrate each other's platforms into their communities. So it, it looks like this might be a deeper integration at some point. Maybe this will be the default sort of uh, encyclopedia on the Brave browser. Uh, it remains to be seen, but what do you think about this? What, what are you excited about in regards to this partnership? Uh, you know what I'm excited about because we talked about it before we went on here. So Brave Browser, I, I, I didn't look up the stat beforehand. It, it, as far as I know, it's got to be the third biggest browser, right? So there's Chrome and then uh, Safari and then probably Brave. Uh, I, I haven't been using Brave personally because I, I, have, I, I really don't have any good excuse. I should be using Brave Browser. <laughs> are, are you using it currently? I am, yeah, I use Brave. Do you? How's the earning work on that? Like, I, I guess you can earn I, money by actually, browsing. I don't actually use the earning component at all. Um, I basically just use it because over the last like six months or so, it says it saved me an hour of load time with blocking trackers and stuff like that. So to get an hour of my life back is uh, pretty priceless for basically the same browser experience as Chrome. I, I always hear uh, Max Dapp talking about like apparently if you're watching YouTube videos and they have uh, a Brave account set up, you can like tip them. So that's pretty cool. Oh, awesome. I'll set it up, man. I guess this might be my kick in the ass. Next week, I will have Brave Browser. I'll tell everyone how great it is. But Rob, Rob's been telling me how good it is. Peter K has been telling me how good it is. I'll, I'll get it. But the reason this is a big deal is Everipedia, for those who don't know, is an EOS VC-backed project. They were the very first EOS VC-backed project. They were announced the very first day that EOS VC was announced. 
Uh, they were completely funded by a $30 million investment from Galaxy Digital's EOS VC branch. And then they airdropped all of their tokens to the mainnet. So they're very much part of the Genesis mainnet, very cl close, I think, to block one, at least certain people on their board or executive team. Uh, and Brave Browser is just a, a good browser. Now, I, I want to go back to something that happened right after B1 June, and this is why I'm excited about this project. Let me let me get it up on the screen here. Uh, a little thing called EOS VM. Yeah, which, the virtual machine. Yeah. So I'm going to pull this up on the screen here, and I'm going to read you a little quote from, uh, or actually, here it is here. All right, so up on your page here, I, I have, this is from the GitHub. This is from the EOS VM, EOS IO GitHub repo. Uh, and it's talking about the motivation behind EOS VM. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read the highlights here. It says, while EOS VM was designed for blockchain, we believe it is ideally suited for any application looking to embed a high-performance web assembly engine. That means, not e even though it's deterministic, which means all of the order is defined, uh, it, it doesn't have to be deterministic software running on it. Any program that uses uh, a, a WASM compiler, for example, would run faster using uh, EOS VM than, than whatever else it is. And then let me read this other quote. This is the big quote right here. This is, this is the zinger. It is our hope that one day major browsers will opt to switch to EOS VM. Nice. So speculate away, people. Uh, I, I think if I, I have no experience to know how, how ready this thing is to be actually ported into a mainstream browser like this, I don't, I don't touch this stuff enough to really know right. how close that is. But they stated their goals loud and clear what they intended it to do. And when we first were talking about this after B1 June, we were speculating. We were saying, is Block One going to build their own browser? Are they going to somehow get in embedded into Chrome? Well, I, I think this might be step one. Maybe they're not yeah. building a browser. Maybe they are. But I, I don't, uh, as far as I know, Brave runs on Chromium, which is the same. Uh, I think there's Chrome VM also. I'm not sure. I think there's, there's definitely a VM for all of these browsers that they all share. And yeah. could you imagine if like all the benchmarks are public, it, like EOS VM, imagine if EOS VM becomes like a buzz within just like the, the developer community of like Wasm in general, not blockchain, yeah. but developers in general and, and browser-based applications in general. And it's, I mean, it could improve everything. It really makes a ton of sense. And I think that's why Brave would be such a good first use case for it. They sort of come out, they show the speed improvements, they show that it really does work. It is the best uh, WebAssembly VM that you can get right now. It, it would only make sense for someone like Chrome to implement it. It's open source, they can do it all for free. Uh, and that EOS VM branding should be very good for EOS and EOS IO in general. So it'll be fascinating to see it play out. Well, is is uh, Brave open source? Uh, I'm not sure if Brave is open source, but I know that EOS VM is. It's a free and open source um, library that I think anybody can use. Because if it is open source, and while I'm bullshitting here, anyone in the chat, if you want to hear it, this is our last topic on the show. We're only at 35 minutes. We could go, we could stay. Shoot some topics in the chat. If they're any good, we'll talk about them. But um, I just wanted to say that if it's open source, technically any developer could could figure out how to swap the VMs on, on the browser. In yeah, the absolutely. And then, then like show benchmarks of the performance increase. I think that would be the best way to uh, pick up adoption is like, why are you using this when I have this repo that we can merge to the production repo and it's like 10x better or 2x yeah, better, 3x better, I'm I don't know. 
I'm reasonably sure that that is possible because I believe that's how Brave came about is that Chromium is this open source um, sort of toolkit that anybody can use. And they went in and basically uh, duplicated Chrome in their browser, called it Brave, added a couple of features where it blocks trackers and stuff automatically. And, and boom, they have a, a browser that you can one click swap over to from Chrome. It's exciting, man. So I, I guess not, no one really has any good topics. And this I, I kind of like short ones sometimes. It's short and concise, short and exciting. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll see what's going to happen with this congestion and conclusion. Uh, super excited. Uh, hopefully a ZM, ESVM thing comes up. I just want to remind everyone, please, please, please sign up for the uh, DAP Network Hackathon if you haven't already. Uh, especially if you're a developer, but also especially if you're not. We need everybody. Uh, I don't want everyone to wait until last minute and us plan for like 200 people at the hackathon and have 400 people at the last minute. We'll handle it. We'll figure it out. But uh, I, I just want to just push to, to get an early jump start on this because we're trying to organize it as best as possible. Some other tidbits I forgot to mention. We're going to be live streaming the final pitches and we'll have celebrity judges who everyone in the EOS community is going to know who these judges are. Uh, we'll, we'll keep that as a surprise uh, until maybe like a week or two before the hackathon. But we're going to be doing like a, a live ceremony. I'm going to be running the sticks. We'll, we'll be doing all kinds of cool stuff. All the pitches will be live. Uh, we're going to try to turn this thing into an event. Uh, we're trying to pick up the slack from uh, the gap because we didn't have the EOS hackathons this year. And heck, because we are not an EOS IO like official hackathon from block one, if you're a block one employee, you probably couldn't compete in the EOS hackathons last year, but you can <laughs> you can compete in the DAP Network hackathons, and you're encouraged to. Uh, Absolutely. That, that goes for you, Dan Larimer. Uh, but I, I, that's all my topics, man, unless you got something. No, I think that's a, a good place to uh, stop it for this week, short and sweet. Uh, once again, I'm Rob Fitch. And I'm Zach Go, and I'll be in Bloxburg next weekend. Absolutely, and me too. This, this is everything, is everything EOS. EOS. Go EOS. Go EOS. Leave a Go EOS in the chat. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.